0: Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me here on this next edition of Meditation in Art, Art in Meditation, a videocast and or podcast. I'm so honored and delighted to have with me today as my special guest, Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz is a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher and sound healer. He completed his teacher trainings in New Mexico Tibetan singing bowl teacher training in Kathmandu, Nepal. I'm very envious of that. I wish I could have done that myself. Uh, Educator course at the Green School in Bali. And received teacher training in leading shamanistic healing rituals in Palawan. By the way, if you haven't been to Palawan, please get up there. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in the world. An incredible place. Uh, What a place to do such a training. I imagine it must have been amazing. Uh, Nick embraces his calling to serve and teach. He leads shamanistic energy healing rituals and does creative work as a multidisciplinary artist. He co-founded the award-winning boutique video production company Seabiscuit Films, which is based in Manila in the Philippines. So welcome, Nick. Uh, Plenty here to talk about. Um, Would love to just uh, jump right in. Uh, and why don't you first tell me how you got started in your spiritual practices before we get into the art uh, side of things? Um, what led you to yoga, yeah, cuisine, meditation? Yeah.
1: Well, I I was dabbling in uh, yoga way back in college. It was basically around twelve years ago, but I was I was just basically shopping around, and then when I maybe like six years ago, I attended this uh hindu gathering in in manila and a lot of the women there were kundalini yoga practitioners and they were like you got to join a class there's this beautiful space This american teachers leading the classes and i was like okay let's just check it out and i remember that very first class to be a like a magical experience it was a very visceral um like something I've never, ever experienced before. Like it was just so powerful and I was hooked. I mean, I was going every day. It led me to India, to Nepal, to New Mexico. and it just made, it just opened a lot of doors uh, into like the spiritual practice, I guess, and other esoteric modalities. So from Kundalini yoga, I explored um, Reiki, the theta healing and doing, doing the Vipassana, white tantric yoga. So until now, it's still opening up a lot, of, a lot of doors and windows. It's been
0: amazing. Yeah, it is quite a journey when you get started on that. Uh, and and uh, it's funny, sometimes you, you take one step on that path, and then all of a sudden, it just goes and goes and goes and goes, like you said, yeah.
1: goes so and goes and yeah, never right.
0: ends. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned a couple it's of the things. It's the best part. It's the best part. It is it I found it to be uh one of the most exciting aspects of of um, the spiritual journey is that it never ends and, and uh you you know you learn five new things and then there 's ten more things that oh wow this you know this goes this way let 's check that out, yeah. um, and uh, you it can gift really, that keeps on giving yeah it 's the gift that keeps on giving that's well said yeah absolutely so so you mentioned a couple of things there, so you went to this. Where the Hindu uh, group was in Cebu?
1: No, it was in Manila. Manila. The community of uh, Hindus, Um, they usually gather pretty regularly in the city. So, you know, some of my friends were part of the group and they they just invited me. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then you said you went to uh, a Vipassana course. Yes. I did it in
1: Nepal, actually, in Kathmandu, uh, three years ago.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, was that the traditional ten day yes, the Goinka vipassana, uh-huh yeah, <laughs> I've done a couple of those, yeah yeah, yeah. it was
1: an, it was an amazing experience, very, very difficult though I mean that was something I wasn't really prepared for, but uh the insights and just the experience itself was incredible.
0: Mm. I bet that's a great setting to do a retreat, uh like oh yeah,, yeah. I
1: mean, we ended Christmas day, it was like just. Surreal, surreal. To, to be so close to the people there, even if you didn't really talk, but like you, you created these bonds that were so deep and 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 powerful.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting how even on a silent retreat, this uh, kind of a family vibe uh, gets cultivated, yeah. and you're kind of you know you're in the trenches together. Exactly. Really exactly. Cool. Trenches
1: is, that's such a fitting description. <laughs> it's really the trenches there. It's not a not a holiday. <laughs> you know, I often
0: laugh. When, you know, I facilitate retreats here in Thailand and I often have a snicker when people come and they bring their bathing suits and they think they're going to be standing tanning out at the pool and maybe meditate a few hours a day. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, when
1: people always ask me about that when they're like, Hey, I want to do a silent retreat. I always tell them, I always ask them first, are you sure? This isn't like some romanticized idea of being in the mountains, but I always tell them, even if you're not ready, go for it. Cause it's, it's worth it. I sure. mean, it's really, if it calls to you, then, then try it out.
0: Mm, it is a profound experience. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So, so now you've been teaching uh, yes. as a part of your, your spiritual journey. Uh, and so tell me more about about your, your teaching. What are you offering in your process?
1: Well, like lately, I've been offering uh, kundalini yoga classes, and then I also facilitate sound baths, and uh, I also teach uh, very basic meditation sessions as well. And I, I guess in terms of teaching journey, it's, it's pretty new to me. Um, it's only been like two years, mm-hmm. but... The last, I guess this year with the pandemic, it really, it forced me to to pivot a lot into the digital sphere, which was, I mean, to be honest, it was difficult. Like the first few months, I wasn't really, I couldn't really connect um, energetically with my students through like a, a camera and like talking to a video and some of them turn off their videos as well. So that was a bit of a learning curve, but then I realized I can reach more people through the medium. I mean, that's a silver lining and I can I can teach a lot as well. So I think it's, you know, a lot of learnings from it and it's been special. You know, I never thought I actually didn't even take the teacher trainings to be a teacher. They were all simply to deepen the learning, like of this spiritual journey. But, you know, like I remember when I finished teacher training, I was like, I just want to share this. And originally I, I just wanted to be like a I guess more like some form of service. I mean, it still is, but it's evolved to being a full-time full-time job so it's 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 an interesting thing to have something sacred as your work you know you really no matter what you feel you got to show up i mean that's how i feel like you have a responsibility to your students and and to yourself because i think that's that's the one thing i was really surprised about like when you teach you hear yourself speak and you're actually giving yourself advice Mm -hmm. you know and you when you come out of the class, you realize, wow, I didn't even know I needed that. So it's an, it's an interesting experience.
0: Yeah, uh, yes, uh, what you're speaking of, I i am very familiar with that. And, and I think it's um, it's almost like you're in this situation and, and these teachings, because you've studied, you've done your training and so forth, you know them on, on kind of a, a subliminal level or on a visceral level, if you will. Uh, but then when they're called to the front and, and you, you have to verbalize them in your own way uh, when you're giving them to a student uh, to address whatever situation they're calling up. Uh, and then you you see it in a different way. You learn it in a different way. Um, and yeah, it, becomes, it becomes, like you said, another part of your own learning. Um, yeah, I, I can certainly relate to that. And I think, I think that's you know, one of the great, I don't know if you're familiar with the Buddha's life story, but you know, yeah, he yeah. became a teacher. I mean, he, he went and had his enlightenment experience. It took him several years, uh, but then he had this awakening, but that awakening wasn't complete until he formulated it into a teaching and created a group, a Sangha, uh, that he could offer that teaching to. Uh, And and that's when he really became the Buddha. Uh, And and I think that that part of his life and the legend that that his life became uh, is often overlooked. That it's that that's what completes the circle is when we step, you know, come around with what we've learned and then begin to verbalize it and to offer it to others. It it completes our own community. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's really I mean, I remember I guess in this last six years of of being a student, you know, there were, you know, there something felt missing. And even if, you know, I didn't know it was teaching. I didn't know teaching would be the answer. But looking back in hindsight, I think that was it was building up to that, the the, the longing to to serve and to share. And uh, it's been uh, it's been fulfilling, honestly. Like I've never felt this fulfilled in in my entire life, to be honest, I mean, compared to the career that I had before this, it was now it's really spiritually nourishing for
0: me. Mm, what a beautiful thing, yeah. And um, so, you, you mentioned the career you had before this, and was that the the, the film making, or is that in conjunction? Film making, correct. Okay, uh, and so, um, but you're still involved with that, or or. Have you gone into other? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I I still own the company, but I'm basically just a shareholder now. Like I, I I jump into meetings every now and then, but I'm hands off with operations, and I'm not I'm not directing anything at the moment. But there have been opportunities that have been presenting itself that are pretty aligned with I guess my values now. So you know I'm not closing the door to it, but it's not something I'm totally. Committed to like for me the commitment now is with teaching. Okay,
0: yeah, uh, I I don't I imagine it's the same for you, but for me uh, I'm going to just uh, uh, explore the film aspect for a moment oh, yeah. uh, because for me <laughs> I one I love a good movie uh, and, and <laughs> I really love a movie that has spiritual undertones. Yeah, uh, and you know particularly if it's a movie that isn't advertised as such. But all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that was, you know, something really deep and profound that came out of that of that, you know, maybe it's just a five minute scene, you know, but it's like, whoa, you know, like a different writer must have stepped in and took over that, that moment. For sure, for sure. Uh, they're just the vessel. They're, they're just, just the vessels. vessels. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so I imagine it's quite similar for yourself. And and uh wow, I mean we need more of that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I
1: mean yeah. it's, I, I think that was sort of uh I mean, I have created some content that were rooted in spiritual teachings and practices. Mm. But I think, uh, you know, like stepping away from it was really important. I mean, I'm still sort of away from it, but now I've been, you know, connecting with more local films that are really like talking about a lot of relevant issues in the Philippines. And, you know, I've, I've been fascinated with tribal culture lately. And I think like these voices need to be, Um, heard and there are a lot of stories that are dying and I feel like Mm. moving forward I'm probably going to do something along the lines of you know like maybe like uh, shamanism and tribal cultures and and the spiritual practices of these um, groups Mm. so it's you know it's it's exciting stuff.
0: It is yeah I've actually recently done some research on uh, uh, trauma sensitive mindfulness and have been making that a, a kind of a passion a study of mine. Um, because we, we know that mindfulness can and does heal, uh, but uh, for people who carry yeah. trauma, uh, often the traditional form of mindfulness coming through the breath and through the body and so forth is challenging because we hold trauma in the lungs often. Yes. Breath work is, is, anyway, so what I realized or what I came, came across in my studies quite recently uh, was shamanism actually serves to heal trauma a lot of a lot of the rituals uh, are directly um, for that for for trauma yeah. healing uh, so i I too like yourself am kind of really starting to explore that i 've never done any uh, uh, shaman rituals myself or any any uh, my my research is rather superficial at this point, I must say, um, but I am very intrigued and and uh, would love to see more of that coming out into uh, the mainstream culture as well.
1: Mm. For sure, no, I think there's really I, I I I can see the openness into like this resurgence of shamanism and like local practices because I think we need that. I mean, you know, we need to reconnect with our our roots, and a lot of it is based on on shamanism, to be honest. And you know, these spiritual practices are ancient, and everyone's sort of you know easing into it very slowly you know it's becoming more mainstream with the apps but for me you know it's 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 important especially at this
0: time mm, indeed indeed yeah because uh i think uh, we are globally having uh, kind of a, a traumatic situation uh and there might be some some great healing uh held in the, in those uh, rituals and the ancient cultures so, um, yeah, it's great. Exactly. It sounds like you're going to be on the forefront of that. So, what a wonderful thing.
1: Exciting times. Exciting times. really. <laughs> like it's,
0: it's actually really strange
1: because, like, you know, um, my, my industry, the, the video production industry was, really, was hit pretty badly in the first three months of the pandemic. But then the, the irony was, like, the, the yoga, the meditation was, like, just, you know, it exploded. You know, like people that don't normally join would join and it's, you know, I was talking to a lot of my friends who were, you know, in the wellness industry who are healers and they were saying it's, you know, we're, we're needed more than ever now, you know, Mm -hmm. because like people need to hang on to something. They need to, they need to have hope and, you know, that it's our jobs to like help them find that within themselves. So it's, it's, yeah, it's like, it's like we're all forced to step up and it's, it's, it's great.
0: It's great. It is. It's wonderful to have that. Uh, I feel the same way in my own work. You know, we're now we're we're as you say I'm being called up. We're on the front line, in a way, uh, to try to keep the energy in a yeah. positive light and, and offer that healing uh, to to exactly. anyone who's willing to receive it. Yeah. Mm. So I do want to talk some about your artwork. I know you've been doing some painting, if that's if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and a lot of art therapy. So yeah, I'd like to hear about, you know, from, from myself too, I, I, I am a writer, uh, and I used to be a musician, and I know the meditation process uh, and techniques can influence the creative process, and the creative process also influences the meditation. I'd like to hear some of your experiences on that. What, how does your um, spiritual practice influence your art?
1: Well, I think, you know, I, I've always dabbled in painting throughout the years. But, like, I realized that in the years before, uh, I was always coming painting from a place of pain whenever I was going through a lot of hardships. But this past two years, though, like having a regular meditation practice, I realized that my art was just transforming into something totally different. There was a lot more stories that were coming out, and not even conscious stories, like very deep subconscious things that I guess would only materialize through my sketches and through my paintings and you know i don't i don't i'm not the, I don't plan my paintings my works I just allow myself to get into a stream of consciousness and it's it's been it's been great you know like it and it's strange how like even with my meditations now I see colors like I see Paint strokes I see you know brush strokes it's mm. it's it's crazy how things are so intertwined and uh, you know it's the ultimate catharsis for me to, to paint and to you know to really just trust the process and to let things unravel on their own it's 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 very healing and it really I'm starting to see the i guess the the overlaps and the synergies with you know uh, with them with Having a meditation practice,
0: yeah, it's um, I find that process, and you kind of hinted at it, uh, to be almost identical to to a meditation, where you said you let the thoughts go, and you and you just kind of enter into that stream of consciousness space, and then what, whatever emerges, uh, comes out. Um, and so the, and for me, when I when I'm writing. Uh, that's kind of how I write. I, I sit at the computer uh, and allow the thoughts to subside. Sometimes I'll meditate for half an hour beforehand and then just go to the computer and just start. And whatever arises on the screen, that's what's going to be written. Now, I do go through an editing process, and, uh, admittedly. Uh, uh, but um, it sounds like yourself, uh, perhaps you don't do much of that where you just, yeah. you're
1: at the camp. I I mean, like, I, I am very analytical, to be honest. That's sort of my default. So it's, it's a process learning how to let go and just be a bit more spontaneous. So, like, I do also do that. Like, I do catch myself thinking while I'm in it, and I try to let it go again. So it, it's never perfect. I mean, it's not, for me, I always tell myself now that it, at painting and meditating, it's not a pursuit of perfection. It's just the it's just journey. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be ebbing and flowing, and you just need to like relax into that and it's not just supposed to be you know a linear a, a linear
0: trajectory mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I think that's an important uh aspect of art you know is that it's not supposed to be perfect uh and um it's one of the reasons why I left music actually is because there's so much emphasis now in the recording studios with music I mean everything's all on computer so you can line up every note exactly perfect and uh and so there's no chance for error at all uh and uh, yeah. I really <laughs> even in jazz which was what I was performing mostly uh, the jazz, love jazz. It's, it, it's wonderful and it's an improvisational art form yeah. and it can be very spiritual in that way you know uh, yeah, but I think it has to have that element of walking that tightrope without a net yeah, you know? yeah. and that, that has to have that stream of consciousness where you just release into whatever's arising whether exactly. it sounds good or sounds bad you know it's it's irrelevant at that point uh and so but with the computers it's like it it, it changed everything you know it took that element yeah. of it's away and uh and that was one of the things i don't you Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
1: think it's the um the same with the filmmaking. You know, like I that's what w- that's what wore me down. Towards you know that's why I left directing three years ago. You know, it's it's an art form, but I mean I was working in the commercial industry and the documentary filmmaking uh, field. So there was a lot of procession necessary. You you need to you know script write everything, storyboard mm-hmm. to down to the nitty gritty and you know, I mean, it was creatively, yeah, it was challenging and satisfying, but it it started, it, it, you know, having a lot of restrictions gives you a lot of, uh, I guess it's, it stifles you as well. And I was really yearning for, uh, I guess, some spontaneity and to be able to interpret it the way I wanted to. And I think my journey as a teacher has also evolved with that. Like I was, you know, I was, I was following the template, so to speak of, the kundalini yoga teacher training and they, they told us this is how you're supposed to teach but then i remember in the first year of teaching i was just following it but then i started getting bored and i felt like i was, I was sounding very robotic and you know i decided okay maybe i gotta change this up a bit and be me so i think it has to embody your stuff it's not it's not like you're changing it it's more like you're just embodying who you who you who you've become you know with the teachings, and I think that's that's important to be unique and to speak your truth and I, I think that it resonates with your students as well
0: absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I found that to be the the, the truth uh, as well i mean if we if we are you know when we're teaching we're trying to emulate another teacher, well then your students might might as well go study with that teacher <laughs> right exactly. so exactly. so they're coming to us because hopefully we have a, a particular voice, a particular flavor, uh, a particular insight into those teachings that resonates with them, that other teachers don't offer, that don't have. And so you're right, absolutely. To find your own voice in that, and that is the creative process and how uh, how the creative process influences meditation or spiritual teachings. Um, and, and I think every teacher has to go through that, where, where okay, you know, we learn yeah. how to teach by emulating other teachers, but then, okay, we got to set that down and, and go out on a limb and create our own voice, our own sound. Yeah, with it. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I
1: feel like it's, it's such a mirror for real life. You know, like even if you do find your voice, you're gonna need to constantly evolve as well, because either your students will get tired of your voice or <laughs> you'll get tired of yours. You know, like you're just, if you keep doing the same spills, you keep, you know, I mean, you got to find you got to be creative. And I think that's all, for me, that's exciting though, you know, to constantly refine and to change things up. Yeah. And because I mean, you're teaching the same things, but you can present them in a different way. And I think for me, that's the fun part of of teaching, Mm. of finding ways and really trying to just speak your truth better than just bouncing off spiels from your head.
0: Yeah, Oh, absolutely, I, yeah, I, with these teachings, I don't think there's any, you know, there's no formulaic answer to any one question that a student could ask, you know, and that's one of the, you know, to use the, uh, one of the teachings, uh, you know, to be in the present moment, you always have to really be in the present moment with a student when they're asking something. Uh, and not to fall into a pat answer with whatever they're asking, but to hear, uh, to perceive their energy, to perceive how they're asking the question, where it's coming from. Because if one person asks a question in a certain way, and then another person, you know, a day later asks the same question, the answer could be totally different, uh, depending on where they're coming from, and what they're bringing to the table uh, with that question. And, and that does absolutely sure. uh, uh, require that improvisational nature, that ability to be creative, uh, which obviously is uh, coming out in your paintings as well. Uh, it's beautiful work, by the way, I saw on your Instagram page, uh, Thank you. Thank you. Really, really lovely colors and they really pop. Everything's like, wow, that's really beautiful, uh, breathtaking artwork. Um, yeah. By the way, anybody watching and listening here, please do uh, go check out uh, Nick Diaz on uh, Instagram. Uh, his artwork there is is really quite extraordinary and, and very um, spiritual, very deep. Uh, yeah. So I, I want so to talk. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I want to talk a little bit about uh, your offerings that you're offering online. Uh, You mentioned briefly, but I want to rewind to that. And and, um, so you said you're offering, is it daily meditations through Zoom? Pretty much. I just started the daily meditations recently, actually. So
1: I do uh, 20-minute audio-only Zoom sessions every night. So, well, I do have a day off the day, but, like, starting tomorrow till Sunday, um, every 8.30 in the evening, I – basically facilitate the meditation session and every day is basically a different style, you know, based on Kundalini. Some of them are, uh, you know, like based on some shamanic uh, uh, journeys, but, you know, all very basic for beginners, you know, generally geared towards first timers. Hmm.
0: Hmm. Nice. And so is there an opportunity to, for people to ask questions through that or is it basically your guiding? How does that work?
1: Well, I mean, like, I I do eventually want to get to that. Like, uh, you know, I am constantly refining it. And, you know, just you mentioning this reminds me that I I do want to integrate that, you know, like a question and answer, you know, portion. And even with my Kundalini yoga classes, I feel like that's the missing part of, that's what I miss the most. You know, like, when I used to teach before, after class, you would gather, you know, over tea, you know, have a conversation. And I think it's, you know, even through Zoom, I think we could do that and you just kind of need to start it. So it is missing that interaction component, which I really enjoy.
0: I totally second that as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It's like we're just
1: like, you know, we're is okay, class is done, end the call and do your thing. But like, I mean, it, it's, you know, it's, I think it's very, it's, it's very much needed now, especially these yeah. days.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe we can do one together at some point, close to Q&A. Yeah, not, that'd be great, <laughs> that'd be awesome. It would be good. We should do that, Enough collaborations. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, I think in this time, in this day and age, uh, more of that is is welcome, for sure. Um, so yeah, well, that, that sounds like a future conversation to be had. For, for sure,
1: for sure, looking forward
0: <laughs> to it. So where can, so, people can find you doing these guided meditations through your Facebook page or
1: yes, I post them on Facebook and on Instagram. Okay. So I mostly from, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm mostly on Instagram, Facebook. I just reshare everything I post on Instagram, but Instagram's the more the, my main uh, social media space.
0: Okay, great. And you have a, a, a podcast. As well. Yes. Tell us about the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, so the podcast is called Paliwanag.
1: So, Paliwanag is a Filipino word for, it literally means to explain, but the deeper meaning of the word means to enlighten. Mm -hmm. So, the background of Paliwanag um, comes from conversations I used to have like more than eight years ago with like, you know, like very old. Um, buddies of mine, and you know, they're also into spirituality, you know, they're also very, um, I guess, awake. and So, you know, we always thought about like, hey, it'd be so cool if we could like gather people together, strangers, and just converse. And we actually had a couple of gatherings the past few years, but it was, kind of, it was hard to sustain, you know, with life and responsibilities. But when the pandemic happened, uh, my friend Snap, who's um, we created Paliwana together. We basically thought, why not do the podcast online? You know, like everyone's home, we can do them on Zoom. So we're, we've filmed 20 episodes already, actually. I think episode 14 is already, 15 is online. And it's, you know, we basically talk about uh, spirituality, alternative living, but from very different perspectives, from a chef to a rapper to a, uh, climate change advocate, to a stay-at-home mom, to a, you know, former um, professional basketball player. So, you know, we're trying to like really diversify with the conversations and they're truly, um they're, they're so much fun. I mean, like it's, we I mean, do it because it's fun and it's nice that we're getting engagement with a lot of people and, you know, it's one of those projects that I just look forward to. We, we film twice a week and we're just trying to like do more because it's just, It's so nice to hear different points of view, Mm. and um, you know I think now the podcast platform is, I think it's 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 just I'm experiencing a resurgence because I think now everyone's home, so people want to listen, and I think sometimes you get like visual fatigue, but for some reason when you listen, you can keep listening to somebody, you know, like
0: music. Yeah. So it's it's been an interesting experience. Great. That sounds great. I'm going to check that out. Sorry, I haven't yet already. <laughs> but no, no, you. no. It's okay. It's okay. It's, uh, not, it's okay. And that's available on Spotify, right? Spotify, and if for the visual, visual
1: people out there, you can watch them on YouTube as well.
0: On YouTube as well. Okay. Great. Great. Nick, thank you so much uh, for joining me uh, today for this interview, uh, chat, conversation. I think of them more as chats, really, than anything else. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, Chris. It's oh, really a pleasure. And a pleasure to connect with, with other uh, teachers uh, and, and creative types as well. Uh, I Likewise. Love see, I love to see the uh, meditation uh, manifest in art. Uh, for me, it's, it's such a beautiful thing, yeah. uh, like watching a sunset. So, uh, and thank you for, for doing Brilliant. that and providing that. Yeah. Um, you welcome, so, thank you, thank you for. <laughs> My pleasure, Nick. Uh, thank you Thanks all so for much. tuning yes. in. Yeah, thank you all for tuning in. It's been a lot of fun and uh, I'll be back, I don't know when. Uh, <laughs> if there are any artists out there who meditate or any meditators who do art, Uh, please do uh, send a message over. And um, I do have a couple of people lined up uh, for next month, but uh, we'll get you in here for sure. Uh, So I look forward to hearing from all of you at that time. Have a great evening. Wherever you are, please stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, If you're in a country uh, that's having this mask debate, wear your masks. (laughs) Please wear your masks. They work and uh, wash your hands, practice your social distancing, and uh, we'll uh, make, this, make it through this pandemic together. Thank you again, uh, be well, thanks.